What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behaves! You all right, man? Did you get... I saw a lot of stuff was getting thrown at the Coliseum. You didn't get hit with anything, did you? Well, I was looking for you. Lot lot C. You know, I I went to Levi's. You went to the Coliseum. We were going to meet up at the end of the night and record. I thought you were at the Coliseum. Oh, give our experiences. You you didn't go to the Coliseum today? No. Oh, you were at... uh, Oh, I thought you were going, guy. I thought you'd be there hanging with the people. I thought you were going. We'd have it covered. The ham would be represented. Yeah, Guy Fieri, Haberman, uh, you know, JT the Landscaper, you and the crew all fucking there grinding away. (laughs) Man. I was at Levi's watching Matty Ice. When I saw... (laughs) I I saw the Niners tweet out this video, like, Navarro was in the house, and I saw Kawakami tweet... He was interviewing Staley, and Navarro walked by. I'm like, I started putting two together. I was like, oh, that yeah. pick of the stick, Atlanta. I don't know. That It feels like you're playing with fate, telling Navarro right. to come back a little later. Maybe Remember. next Saturday, not the Falcons game. And then what happens, guy? The same fucking situation. They're driving the field. We were there for that game. We were actually there for the pick of the stick. And uh, that was another, that was a bad Falcons team that we both came away from that game like, Matt Ryan is one hell of a player. <laughs> See his pocket awareness. Uh, there was no pick of the stick guy. There was Julio at the at the Levi's. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's what that became. There was, Austin, it was about the Austin Hooper overturn. Yeah, I felt pretty were... confident the Falcons were going to score there. They were pretty close to the end zone, and you just didn't. At least I didn't have a lot of faith that somebody in the secondary was going to be able to make a play because they just been it'd been a high stress day for the Niners secondary. Listen, guy, I. I understand you can't double everyone. It's the easiest thing to say. Just double them. It's complicated. But to me, there were a couple situations where you're like, I only see one defender there with the one wide receiver with 81 and number 11. I'm like, that ain't going to work. <laughs> you know, It'd be one thing if Richard was out there and some other guys were playing, but you got to give, I want to say Sarkeesian, but he's long gone. Uh, you got to give the Falcons credit. I'm with you. I Zero faith. Once they kind of moved the ball and got especially to like the into the red zone, I'm like, uh, this ain't good. 
This is exactly what it looked like at the pick of the stick, but Navarro Bowman picked the fucking ball off. I mean, it was the same thing, guy. They went right down the field. I uh, Same I thing, ha- remember? I right do, down the field. I, I definitely remember. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of emotion in Sunday's NFL action, John, in terms of the Niners and the Raiders. I thought it was a pretty underwhelming day, actually. I know some people are talking about like it was bad. I, the, the Raider game was two teams that are going nowhere. The Niner game was one team that's going nowhere and another team that played down to the level of the team that was going nowhere. Pretty lackluster NFL day uh, between the Niners and the Raiders. Guy, there was a story this morning that the Jaguars are going to fire everybody. Marone, Tom Coughlin might be forced to go be with his family. Uh, uh, Dave Caldwell, the GM, gone. Like that, they're, they're like the laughing stock in the league. Texting with one of their coaches. He's like, yeah, we got... I didn't know this. I didn't even know who's playing. He's like, a lot of guys are out. We, I think they were playing six undrafted free agents. And I'm, wow. I don't even know if that that doesn't count Minshew, who's a, who's a drafted guy. Like, there are DJ Charks. A lot of their star players are just out. Ramsey's long gone. And the Jaguars won still. Yeah. And Bumgarner got traded. But the United States won the President's Cup on Saturday. That was a big See, deal. I, I think if Bumgarner had gotten traded, guy, not traded, sorry, that yeah. that that would have been a win. <laughs> not, <laughs> he just, not, yeah, not he traded. just left. He, he just left. left. I got a take on that though, but we'll get to all of that before we do any of that. We have to tell you about who brings you this podcast, and we appreciate them. This podcast is now also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com/ham. VPN protects your privacy and security online. It also uh, helps you take your TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Guy, you, me, many, many folk now in 2019, almost 2020, work outside their house, public Wi-Fis. ExpressVPN, like you said, .com slash ham. Hide your IP address and let you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So you think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. You, you like anime. You like whatever. ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix. I mean, that's just an example. Anywhere you want to be. You, you should go with the Major League Baseball package. Kadinya, if you were in certain areas. Now you just pretend you're in Arizona because you want to watch the Yankees play. If you live in New York, you want to watch the Giants play and you're still at your house, but you can't, you can't do it. It's really easy, guy. ExpressVPN slash ham. Hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason that we, Ham, use ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's crazy fast. Never any buffering, never any lag. You can stream HD, no problem. It's compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. You can watch where you want. Uh, You can watch it on the go. You can watch on the big screen, wherever you are. Yep. If you visit our special link now, ExpressVPN, that's exp R-E-S-S, expressvpn.com slash ham. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free, guy. Support the show, watch what you want to watch, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash ham. Good to have ExpressVPN on the pod. We appreciate the support. Uh, Podcast also brought to you by Manscaped. Number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I love my friends at Manscaped, the Lawnmower 2.0. Been been trimming my balls and my body pretty consistently now for about, I don't know, three, four months since they've uh, sent us the Lawnmower 2.0. 
And clearly, because they're back on board for 2020, a lot of you guys have reached out. You like them too. You know, I, I could not highly, re- more highly recommend the Lawnmower 2.0 guy. It's easy. It's safe. No nicks and cuts. You don't you don't want bleeders down there, guy, or even around your body. I've told the story of when I almost took off a nipple. Uh, you you got to be yeah. you got to be careful here. And that's yeah. the thing with the Lawnmower 2.0. It's easy to charge, easy to use, and you just don't cut yourself. That's right. Twenty percent off plus free shipping. When you use the code HAM at manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM. 20% off plus free shipping. Code HAM. Manscaped.com. Can't beat it, guy. So manscaped.com, promo code HAM, and ExpressVPN slash HAM. Go get it. Uh, as somebody reminded me on Twitter on Sunday uh, afternoon, Sunday night, I said the Niners game was not a trap game. On uh, the last podcast, that, that, uh, that proved to be wrong very quickly. They uh, now they got some injuries they're dealing with, but that was a case of them not being quite up for that game. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, we were texting about it middle of the game. It, it had a sleepy vibe to it, guy. Uh, I, I tried to get up for it. I would imagine a lot of fans tried to get up for it. It was hard. You know, it, is it a little of coming from the high of last week to this week? But the game just felt bleh. I mean, 10-10 at half, and it was just a bleh half. Like, it, usually NFL football Sundays are exciting when you have a team that's 11 and fucking 2. But, man, I, I this was this was not a fun game to watch at all. I mean, it was just, I, I, I kept thinking, like, what are my takes? What are my opinions? I'm like, I don't have any. I don't really give a shit. But I'll be the first to admit, like, this is not a good game to lose. I got the box score pulled up. They gave up 19 points in the fourth quarter. Like that's that's not ideal. But as people keep texting me like or tweeting at me, why aren't they doubling Julio? It's like, well, one, he's Julio, and two, you know that that guy Richard Sherman. You ever heard of him? Him being out, like that guy's pretty important. And did you notice Julio was lining up on the right side a lot? Because it's just a problem. The, the Niners missing Richard Sherman and their nickel corner just has massive, massive domino effects. And I think you felt him today. Like Julio, 13 of 134. Doesn't that feel like an NBA game where a guy scores 32 and you're like, I swear to God, a guy scored 60. Right? Yeah. Doesn't it feel like 13 of 134, doesn't that feel like he's doing him an injustice? I feel like he was higher than that. If you just if you had to close my eyes, I couldn't pull out the box score, what do you think Julio had? I would have been like 18 for two and four touchdowns. <laughs> That's what it felt like. He was a beast. And nine penalties drawn. Yeah, he was just he's just a man child. And their team even missing Ridley and Sanu's long gone to the Patriots, it didn't really matter. Because Austin Hooper, for his like unique as he is, and he's a really good player, he had, he had three catches for twenty yards. You know? I guess it felt like he almost caught the game winner before Julio actually caught the game winner. But it was just it was basically just Julio beating the shit out of them all. So he had no answer. Was- yeah, so... How about him? Think, really quick, him and yeah. George Kittle, same exact line. 13-134. Wow. Kittle was good. Kittle, Kittle, Kittle by dominated, the way, guy. I, I should, like... You're right. It's not that I watched the game and thought, these guys don't want to be here. I, I do think it's partly what you said. Just, like, the high high of what they'd been a part of the previous two weeks was pretty high. Um, and I don't want to make it totally about that. When I think about what this game was about, I think partly it was a preview of just how difficult it is going to be for them if they don't get guys back on defense here in the next few weeks. 
Dan Quinn saving his job. Uh, yeah. Do you agree They're, with that, or do you think it's just like, you know what, this team with these guys, bigger game, they'll play better next week, no issue? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for them to beat Seattle and for them to win playoff games, they need to have Richard Sherman and Kwaski Tart on the field. Like, they can win the Super Bowl without D Ford. I do not think if Richard Sherman is missing important games, I think it's safe to say the Niners would be in major trouble because of the domino effect it has on their defense. And as you'll see Richard on Twitter sometimes going back and forth with guys, like for a guy that's really matured and doesn't really talk a lot, he will occasionally not go Kevin Durant on Twitter, but if you go, well, Richard, you don't follow guys. He'll educate, like, bro, I don't leave because y- y- have you seen my defenses the last seven years? We've been ranked top five in scoring defense, six of the seven. This defense is built, and again, I don't pretend to be some scheme X's nose guy, but the defense works with him staying on the same side of the field, which clearly he's more comfortable with. It's just the setup of the defense. What, Regardless what it is, they are dramatically better, just like Seattle when he was young and healthy, and the Niners this year when he's been healthy, He's a game changer for him because worst case scenario, you notice what Richard doesn't do. He doesn't really give up big plays. He might give up some plays in front of him, but he'll always make the tackle. So there's no, there's no over the top threat. And what did Julio do today? Drew a penalty on a deep side. You know, he was just lined up over the right side. It felt like every time I looked at the, at the television, because why wouldn't you do that? It changed their entire defense when Richard's out because for the most part, it's just Akello and Emmanuel Mosley playing on the other side. Now one of them has to play on Richard's side for the entire game. It's one thing like, right, Richard's had a couple stingers where it felt like, God, did Richard just tear his shoulder? (laughs) And then he'd come back in like a play later. Like, oh, did Richard just tear his ACL? And then he'd shake it off and come back. This was the entire game, and I think you really felt it. And then when you factor in on top, the Niners were just a little lifeless. Yeah. They they just, I I don't think uh, our, our guy Mozart got quite enough carries. You know, just... Kyle, keep feeding him the beast, man. What, what, I get you want to give Breda some love, but Breda had a, a stretch there in the second half where two fumbles and three plays, the one went out of bounds, and then two plays well, later one, he fumbled. The, the one that went out of bounds, he looked like he almost got his, his leg snapped in half. So it was one of those where he thought he was going to lose his leg, so he let go I thought he was. I thought he wasn't getting up from that play. I, I, I'm with you there. So you, you do allow for fumbles when a guy thinks his body's getting broken in half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if yes, yeah, if you if you think you're getting amputated, you yeah. can you can sc- scream and lose the football. Yeah, I, and he moves would, by the sideline, John. Situational awareness. <clears throat> got lucky. Just the tip of the ball hit the white because it yeah. was like whoa. But then he literally fumbled two plays later, guy. <laughs> yeah, he was laying on top of somebody. How long can a man be down without being down? You now, know? in fairness, like Ford one of the Niners' second half touchdowns, right, came on a muff punt that Juszczyk almost scored on, and then yeah, was lucky Dwelly. that he kind of yeah, Dwelly crushed him. That's right. He started. Did it, was, was yeah? I was. Did Juszczyk? He start almost to started going to Sean a little. I was like, oh shit! But luckily, he's strong enough where he felt him, and he immediately. Then what? They score two plays later to him. Yeah, to him. Yeah. I can't blame you. You know, I guess your first reaction, you're like, I'm walking into the fucking end zone. <laughs> you know? It shows you in football, it's a little like war. You always got to have your head on a swivel, man. You never know who's behind you on any of these plays. Well, did you, you know, see the big, the wide open touchdown the Cowboys scored today when two Rams DBs? It wasn't even a pick. Like they, I mean, they were passing in close proximity, but they, they just ran, ran into each other and just blew each other up. And then I think it was Michael Gallup. There was nobody within 30, I mean, 40 yards of him. He was so open. I'll be honest, guy. 
I mean, we're recording this Sunday night games going on. I have not seen one snap. Let me repeat, not one snap from that Rams uh, Cowboy game. Not one snap. I just knew the it, the score was huge. Just I was too busy just locking in to the oh, Bay Area games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I realized I was like I'd go like a five minute stretch where I'm playing on Twitter and like did I just miss a lot of shit? How about how about the onside kick from the Falcons when when Blandino's like yeah well. You're supposed to have five players on each side of the ball. The problem is they only had 10 players on the field. It's supposed to be more so to prevent teams from overloading a side that that rule exists, not really to prevent teams from only having four. But if you have four on one side, it means the other side is overloaded, except for this team only had 10 guys on the field. So they got a penalty on an onside kick that they successfully executed – for doing something, because they just kicked the onside kick straight away. It wasn't to a side. So they really weren't right, using it right. to their advantage. But it was they got fucked because a guy legitimately did not come out there. Yeah, so you have to have five players on each side of the ball. They only had four. But it wasn't because they had six on the they other. They didn't go six and four and the yeah, kicker. Yeah, Blandino's like, it's not about the five. It's about it, the other side. So it was just four, five, and one. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> I started counting. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? That, that, that's where I, I leave this game, guy where that got overturned, right, and they had to re-kick. I didn't feel like the Niners necessarily, like, let this one slip away. Like, I, they were getting yeah. just equally outplayed. I got to give the Falcons credit. Like, that onside kick, like, that's just high-level shit. You were telling me you heard Dan Quinn I mean, last week. High level, high level until they didn't have the number of players on the field. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, that's that's part of the reason they're 5-9, and nine, right, and maybe not 500 is the little details. But I watched them and didn't think like this is just some slap operation. Like they still got Matt and Julio making plays, and they're good enough to beat you. And they did. Like I, the fact, the right team won this game. I, right. I thought. Yeah. I, I. It felt to me too like the Niners got the lead and then thought, okay, the Falcons are done for the day, and they weren't. Right. And they weren't. Same thing happened to the Raiders. Because what was it? Was the score twenty to ten at one point? No, it was twenty to nineteen because Robbie Gold missed the field goal. Missed, yeah, that's right. I what, I don't even know what what was that. I I think he got. I never like, saw a replay of it. You, you know, if I give you a pitching wedge and you just hit a terrible shot and you're trying to hit like a bump and runner and you just catch all ground and the ball just shanks to the left, that's what I felt like that kick was. He got ground before he even hit the ball. It wasn't those like oh just he I do missed know exactly it. No, what I, I think like. he I think he shanked it kind of, or ch- maybe the better word's a chunk. Chunked it, yeah. Chunked it. Got yeah. it off the hosel. Yeah. <laughs> it was ugly. Got it off the hosel. Uh, so, look, now it makes Saturday night is huge, right? They win that game. The Cardinals, the, the uh, Seahawks play the Cardinals. Could the Cardinals beat the Seahawks? And then if they go into that game tied week 17, that game is for the, one, that game is for the division. W- winner gets the division. Loser gets the, the wild card. Not just winner gets the division. If both teams win next week, for the Niners, that would be for the one seed because they got the tiebreaker over Green Bay over and Green New Bay. Orleans. Right. And, and I think Seattle, depending or- on what would happen in New Orleans, they would be the two seed. Right. So, like, it, it that game, if both teams win, has huge dominoes for the Packers. Because if the Packers win out and the Niners win this game, that they would go to the three seed. So, they really rooting for Seattle, you know, to win this thing. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. I mean, it gets... I, I thought a Lombardi tweet, and we were trying to figure this out before the game. 
Bottom line, the Niners have to win Saturday, and then it's for all the marbles Sunday. If the Niners lose Saturday, it gets very, very complicated. Even he, like Stanford guy, I know you were trying to figure out, we just can't, it just gets very, very complicated. So they did have a room, like once they beat the Saints, they had margin for error they could lose one of these last two games. Now, they Unless could lose you, them both. They yeah. have to win, you'd have to win one of the two, and then you still control your own destiny on Sunday on the road against Seattle, which would probably be Sunday night football. Would have to be Sunday night football. Would be one of the great Sunday night football games of all time. It would be big. Now It's not a winner-take-all, all like the loser doesn't go home? Because they're both playoff teams. I think the Niners clinched today, right, because the Rams lost? Correct. Shitty way to clinch when you lose, but just but it's, it But is. this is football, John, and no one celebrates the clinch. You know, it's not baseball. There weren't going to be bottles, popping bottles anyway. That is true. So <laughs> so the Niners clinched today, Seattle clinched today, the Saints clinched today, and the Packers clinched today. And I think Minnesota, to me, guy, they feel like a clinch. I know they haven't officially clinched, but how is Minnesota not in at 10? I mean, who did they play the last two weeks? The Bears and the Packers. Is that right? Bears and the Packers? Yeah. This is a big big week for them at Minnesota hosting Green Bay. It's a fucking big game. Yeah, I mean, so there's no reason they can still win their division. Minnesota can. Yeah. Yeah, the North. So basically the South set. Hell, the, the, the Eagles can still win the division. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles – all th- – the Saints are in. The other three divisions are, I mean, wide open between two teams each, right? Right. But, but I, I just think we look at we look at Seattle, San Francisco, and Minnesota and Green Bay as legitimate teams. Where I think when you say most of us look at the NFC East as like the second rate playoff team that just has to get in. For, Yet they host a game, so yeah, for sure, I agree with you. I just wouldn't want to go. I just watch them and they like, do I want to go? There? I don't want to go to Philly. Well, well don't you think that kind of sucks for? Just the way the cookie crumbled this year for whoever doesn't win the NFC West. And I think right now, if you're a betting man, you'd have to lean San Francisco is going to be the five seed just because, like, do you have faith that they're going to win in Seattle? Because to me, it's just hard to pick them to win that game, regardless what happens next Saturday, just given their history there. Well, the other thing is, what happens if you... The other problem is you can't lose this week Let's see, is there a scenario if they'd have to lose both games to end up as the sixth seed? Because that would mean Minnesota won out. They'd still have the tiebreaker over Green Bay, right? So if Minnesota wins out, they're 12 and 4. If Green Bay wins out, but they're 13 and 3, so they they would win that division. But But if, if let's say, Green Bay loses this week but wins the final week, I think they play the Lions, they would be 12 and 4. So they would be twelve and four. Minnesota would be twelve and four. If the Niners lose out, well, I guess. See, this way, I'm already confused. I, yeah, I know. I'm just. If the Niners were to lose out, they'd be eleven and five. Yeah. But if they end up at twelve and four, you're saying you're saying the sixth seed is still possible for the Niners. Well, I'm thinking it, I'm, it, it I'm doing the math in my head on the fly, and no, it, it's it is dangerous it, when it comes to these. But yeah, if they if they lose out and Minnesota were to win one more, depending on what the tiebreakers are, yeah. And then you end up in New Orleans. Yeah, there is not a lock that the Niners are even a five seed. Now, if they win in L.A., they're in good shape. They'll be the five seed. Because it's 
no five seeds ever has a six seed ever been twelve and four. But it could. Well, I, take, back, I just always go back to the same to the Matt Castle year. Yeah, but they were eleven and five and missed. Right, they didn't which win means their somebody might have been twelve and. But that's what I'm saying. Somebody might. No, have been I think it, I think then. a team. I think a team was eleven and five, but they with got the, the tiebreakers. Tie yeah. Okay. Like, do you view Minnesota as a playoff team? Yes. So you clear, view, like to you, me, there's five playoff teams in the NFC. But wouldn't you say the six are set? We just don't know the NFC East winner. Right. Yes. So you view the playoffs as unofficially set, just not knowing wh- where that game is going to be for the fourth five. Yeah, I mean, because... We, well, we don't really know the order at all, but we know the six teams. We know the five teams and then the Cowboys slash Eagles, right? Yes. Because with the Rams getting their ass kicked today, they're done. The Bears are done. I think our five teams are established, and we basically have two games that just have enormous swing moments, right? This week, Packers on the road in Minnesota, and then Week 17, Niners... At Seattle. Those games are just... Well, I guess my question would be, do the Rams have a tiebreaker over the Vikings? Could they end up as that wild card? But they would need the Vikings to lose out. Yeah, right? I'm just saying, like, I yeah. That's a good question. I I don't know. There the might be a path for them. But but that's not really what you're, at, what you're asking. What you're asking is, do I view the Vikings? The answer is yes. I think they're a playoff team, which means they don't lose to the Lions at the end of the year. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we've got five clear-cut. You're saying the best case for the Rams, they could win out and Minnesota could lose out and then they'd have the same record. Yeah, and I don't have I don't know what their tiebreakers are. And I think that's probably why officially Minnesota didn't become a playoff team today, right? I think if Minnesota wins next week, they wouldn't clinch their division because they would have the same record as Minnesota. And And I'm pretty sure they would have the same divisional record then. But, or no, they wouldn't. They would have two divisional losses. The Packers only have one. Because I don't think the Packers have watched a divisional game yet, have they? Uh, no. So, yeah, Green Bay is in pretty good position right now. Green Bay is in the driver's seat for that division. Who do they play week 17? I'm pretty sure the Lions, who I don't know if you've noticed, but they're terrible. Oh, so they play the Lions. Who do the Vikings play week 17? The Bears? The Vikings play the Bears, and the Packers play... The Lions. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well... So I don't see a scenario, like there is a scenario where the Niners could be one, five, or six. Is there really a scenario where the Packers don't win that division? It'd be surprising. Because they can lose to the Vikings, and as long as they win that last week, they'd win the division, right? Because they'd split the head-to-head, but they'd have a better divisional record, and that means, is that the third tiebreaker? Or is that the fourth? Uh, third tiebreaker is so it goes head to head, divisional record, uh, common games is the third, conference is the fourth. Do you like it being this tight and kind of confusing? Yes, it, it I mean I don't make, like it being confusing. It does make for some I, chaos though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it feels like it's kind of yeah, cool not knowing like, like we could see any a million different scenarios, right? It's just fun. Some, you know, there are some years where Week 17 is irrelevant in the NFL, and I don't like that. Well, do you think the Niners are going to be hosting a playoff game as we sit here today? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think they're good enough to. I think they can go beat Seattle. That's not the question I asked. Do you think they are, though? Because I think we all agree they're good enough to. You were betting, man. Uh, I mean, I think they're better than Seattle. So, 
or I guess it to me, I don't know if they're are they gonna be healthy weeks healthy ish week seventeen and well, Sherman back. They, well, they, got a, they got a short week this week. That's not ideal, right? Yeah. I mean I don't think they're not. I don't I don't know. I really don't know what they're gonna look like. But you think, I don't think, do you think less not of the, you think less of the Rams now they just got their ass kicked? Like you look at that game differently? I don't look at that game differently. No. Me neither. Though I would say just looking at that final score a little I didn't expect it to quite look like whatever the final score was. What was the final score? Where's that game? 44 to 21. But it was 28-7. It was at one point in time it was 31 to 7 in the third quarter. Like they kicked the shit out of them. That's crazy. That is wild. Do you know that Todd Gurley had 11 carries for 20 yards? <laughs> I saw one golf pass that shocked Gurley. Like, scared him. Well, you know when you see something out of the corner of your eye and it scares you? Yeah. It was not a... I saw Kevin move. Kevin Clark Simmons guy had a great tweet. He's like, well, you know, on the bright side, this one they were down, 30-3. to three. He's like, at least Jared Goff's cap number doesn't jump next year from $10 million <laughs> to $36 million. I saw that too. It's like, oh my God. I I think sometimes you forget when a guy signs an extension, and this is true in the NBA, I mean, all sports, you just kind of think it's already kicked in. A lot of times you do the extension, it doesn't kick into like a set year, which is usually not that given year. Like you're just like, oh yeah, Goff's already making like 30. No, he's making his rookie deal this year. It kicks in next year. You're like, what? Oh yeah, that guy Jalen Ramsey, he's going to need a new one too. So that when you just talk about flexibility, bright side, big picture, the Niners have that over them. I would say big picture, regardless, like if the Niners get the five seed, let's say they are one and done in the playoff. Worst, that would be pretty shitty, given how sweet their year was, right? You would go big picture, at least you're in a lot better position than your other two. Like the, the Cardinals got issues, clearly. And the Rams are just have crazy financial constraints. Like legitimately... We've done. We've talked about the math before. Not even factoring in Jalen Ramsey's new deal because that's we don't know, and that technically probably wouldn't kick in until 2022, or I guess 21. They could be playing five players if the salary cap next year. I think it's supposed to be like unofficially right around 200, like between 198 and like 201. I remember doing the math. They had the five players under contract next year, assuming Jalen plays on his fifth year option was like $98 million for the five guys. And one of those guys is Gurley, who doesn't really, you know, is kind of a weird player. So right. you're like, well, Aaron Donald and Jalen are worth it. Is Jared worth $36 million cap it? <laughs> well, the answer right now is no. No. Now, when you factor in 36, 200, you know, it's like 16.5% of your cap. Because I think 36, you feel like, that's like 40% of your cap. Well, no, just... You got to do a little math. It's not as big as it sounds, but it's still pretty big. I think it hurts when you think like, well, what's like Brady's hit? You're like, he makes a quarter of that? What the fuck? How does this doesn't even add up? I also think quarterback, he doesn't have to be worth $36 million if he's worth $25 million, right? Yeah. I would say that that would be his knock is right now he's been closer to like 20 to 32 guy in a lot of games than he is like top 12 guy. You're right. right. You don't need to be like we know how, we're overpaying for you. Court, yeah, that, that's where I think you feel good about Jimmy is like Jimmy today I thought was just kind of meh and he had one pass to Kittle in the corner of the end zone that Kittle turned into like Rod Woodson where <laughs> that would have been a pick. It was just a kind of early season questionable Jimmy vintage pass. 
but you can like live with it because Jimmy's good. Like Jimmy's bad. You're like, oh, he played bad today. He's like played like a $10 million quarterback. Well, he's not a $35 million guy. He's a $24 million guy. So when he's good, you feel like you're robbing. You're like, well, we're getting this guy for cheap. <laughs> you know? Right. So that's where I think it, it, you can kind of live and die with the Jimmy experience. Because I thought overall today, I'd say it's the worst game in, in weeks. Now, relative, he'd just been playing really well. So, of course, it would be a down, you know, a downgrade, right? He had just been playing at a really high level. I thought today he was, he was solid, but he had a couple of those passes where you're like holding your breath because you thought they were going to be picks. I just thought he was a little... He kind of represented what the team looked like. Just a little meh. Just Let's just kind of get through it and hope to win. And this is where when you hear the cliche coaches, and they're dead serious because they approach every game like the Super Bowl. They're like, any team can beat you, I'm telling you. Because this is what happens. They like do you know the do you know the 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 twelve guys that truly gave a fuck were the coaches. <laughs> They're like, we're telling you, try harder. <laughs> and you me on the couch, like, oh, it's just the Falcons. Every fan there is like, come on, they'll pick it up. Oh, the players are like, oh, it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden you lose. But it, but I will say it's always easier, even for the coaches. Like I work just as hard. It's like, yeah, you did the same amount of hours that you always do. You just followed your process. There's a difference between that. A fine difference, but a difference. And really, you, like, there's only one group of people that has to play the game. So we can all talk like we're taking it just as seriously. Taking it as seriously and actually fi- physically fighting. It's not, I, I grinded just as much film. I did just as much game plan. But only one group of people has to physically, physically fight in the same way. And that's a different animal. Well, right? I saw th- there was a play early in the game when Beasley sacked Jimmy. And Joe like sets to sets for the pass rush, and Beasley pretty easily just goes inside and destroys Jimmy. It's like Joe, this guy's pretty fucking fast. You know, I'd keep an eye on this guy, and you can just be like, I don't know if they were all just the speed of everything. Were they half assing it at practice? You know, just it just looked like one of those games that, in fairness to the Niners, it happens to a lot of teams. Well, it happens Once, to every team. It happens to literally every team. Even including some in college, it usually just they can kick it up at a half. The difference in the pros is sometimes flipping the switch. Well, the talent levels are so much closer in the pros. Yeah. Well, was there a better player than Julio Jones on the field today? <laughs> I was, well, it's just if you had gone into the game, would you, you like said, George Kittle? Yeah. But you said, well, was he better than Julio? Like, is his high end or could Julio be well, better? Well, here's what Julio player? would tell George right now George, you may be a first bat Hall of Famer. Hell. I'd argue just doing what you're doing the last two years, you're fucking headed in that direction. You get my vote. I'll be there clapping for you. But let me repeat that. I'll be there clapping for you. Because you see all those guys, Montana, Irvin, Emmett, uh, you name them, LT. I'm going to be sitting with them when you come into our home. Because I promise you this, I am a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like that's, they're not even an argument. Like the conversation, that was set probably two years ago. I'm just adding this shit. So, like, when Dan gets fired this year, you know who they ain't going to blame? My ass. Because I fucking come to play every goddamn game. And I've been doing it since about eighth grade. <laughs> Before I was even the number one high school recruit. And I was Big Saban's first fish to land. And then I led them to a national championship. And then I went to the combine and I ran a 4-4. Remember that? With a broken foot. And then I've gone in to make the fucking crazy trade that Belichick told Dimitrov not to make. Actually look like a genius for making that trade. Because you could argue ten years later, it's like... Would you have paid more for Julio? You know, he's been, I mean, yeah. So at the end of the day, here's another one though, guy. Like, Jimmy's not good enough where his average game is just going to outplay Matty Ice, right? 
Like I'm watching Matty Ice thinking like he's just having a normal Matt Ice game where he's not really throwing picks. He's not dominating, but he's good enough to beat anybody. And that's kind of what it felt like. It's like, well, if he's not going to throw his rip, because he can turn into Rivers and Eli, where it's just like he has those three pick games. You're like, Matt, what are you doing? And then he can have a game like today where he didn't turn the ball over. And that to me is where he can beat you. Because I think the year that he had with Kyle when he won the MVP, I have to Google it, but I think he threw like four or five picks. But he's had some years, like I would imagine this year, he's, I think we talked about it, he had 12 picks coming into the game. So it's like if he's not turning the ball over, he's just, he's a tough guy to fuck with. you know. And I, I, I kind of felt that way today. I'm like, you guys better be careful. This guy is good enough where he's just going to, he's going to get you. And he got him. In 2016 when he won the MVP, he was 38-7. But even last year, like, kind of an under-the-radar 35-7 and seven season, right? Like, I, I think he's gotten to the point now where he's almost the casual fan watching this as a Niner fan. Now, I'd say a lot of them play fantasy, so they know about him. But I feel like most people, when you just bring him up, you're like, oh, yeah, he's just an average guy now, right? Yeah, I think he gets talked about like he's closer to Eli Manning than he actually is. That's what it feels like to me. I think one million percent. I think he's talked about like he's just probably a mid, just a middle of the road guy. Like just, you know, he's like, I'm trying, I think he's like, people think like Kirk Cousins and guys like that are just dramatically better. That's just not the case. Like Matt Ryan will kick your ass if you're not careful. And I don't, I don't want to act like he kicked their ass today because he didn't, but he definitely, when he's not bad and even if he doesn't have his A game, like he can beat you like he did today. Because he literally beat him right down the field, right? With all, a couple minutes left. Well, they have one timeout. It's like bang, bang, boom, boom. And then even the, even the, how about the couple touchdowns that were quote-unquote dropped, like the one to Hooper? Either his guy is catching it or it's going over. Like, he ain't throwing, like, near picks or anything. Like, he was pretty, that's what made me nervous on that drive, where it's yeah. like, I don't think he's missing, really. No, he's, he was giving everybody a chance. <laughs> yeah, like, this guy's pretty dialed. Except so for he, the play before the Hooper play where he kind of trying to escape, gets hit as he throws. Warner sees the back, like, vacates the middle of the field to go towards the back, and the ball ends up floating right where Warner had been standing. But that was just the pass rush was about to get to him. That wasn't really that he made a bad throw. Anyway, so at this point, you would say, if given the choice, the Niners' inactives on Sunday were Sherman, D. Ford, Kwaski Tart, Kawan Williams, Julian Taylor on defense. If given the choice you of those five guys, you would take – if you could only have one back, you would take Sherman. I would take Sherman. And my and then second, I would be Tart. But I think like Kawan Williams – Yeah, I would think, third be Kawan Williams? Yeah, 100%. Because Not what makes the Niners so good, special – and, uh, you know, I, I may have DM back and forth with Richard about this, and he explained it to me. Excuse was me? that'd be Richard Sherman? Is that you're in this defense? Like the pass rush and the secondary go hand in hand. Like when the when their defense was really humming, the one thing you always thought like with the Niners, their front dominated, right? Like they were front driven. Whenever you watch Seattle, did you always feel like God Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill and all their guys up front are kicking their ass, or you th- feel the secondary? Just depending on the game, it was like. They just kind of worked off each other. So some games, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, locking guys down, making plays, and you get all these coverage sacks, and vice versa. Where I think today you saw, 
I actually thought, and you mentioned this before the podcast, you're like, Nick was really close. Bosa was close. You might have said this during the podcast. Before, yeah. Yeah, Bosa was just, and you felt his presence a lot. And same with 91 and 99. You're like, God, I feel him coming up. But Matt Ryan could get the ball off, I thought, relatively quickly. Like, just, like, I didn't feel like he was holding on to the ball for four or five seconds, then hitting guys. It was usually, like, probably under two and a half seconds. And those were plays that early in the season when you had Richard, Quan, Kwaski, with Akello and Mosley, you know, that little group all playing well. Didn't it always feel like Niner DBs were always around wide receivers? And now it's like the guys were just kind of open. Or Julio is making big-time plays over random guys where it's just, I like Emmanuel Mosley, cool story, undrafted free agent. I, I don't really like his chances against Julio Jones. <laughs> you know, I just... I'm going to take Julio. That, that was the other thing. Like, once they were kind of moving the ball, and once they got into the red zone, I'm like, I just don't see who's going to cover Julio in this situation. Like, what were you thinking? Like, who who's going to cover 11? Because every time they'd kind of go to the side yeah, of my, you, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, my issue was just in that moment, just that I, I didn't know if being close to him would just be enough. Right? We saw that on the pass interference in the end zone, even without the PI. Well, it, what you could argue, right? Even if Richard was there, he still might just make a better play, right? Sometimes offense beats defense, but at least you could live with it. You're like, well, he high pointed Richard in the corner of the end zone, and even the play that he scored was still incredibly contested. You could argue Julio was probably cutting that a little close. You probably should make sure you run through the end zone, right? It's always like on third down, you always run a yard past the sticks. Even if the even if the quote unquote play call, but he got it. So he, I mean, he it worked. It was damn close. But you just you just can't cover Julio Jones with random guys for too long. When his quarterback's playing well, that, that, well, I, I think that's the problem. Like his quarterback yeah, was I, playing well enough, and and I just think we think about this Niner team. Like everybody's game plan against them is we got to get rid of the ball quickly. So you guys just have, someone's going to have to make plays in the secondary. And the thing, uh, I I know the Rams have been have not been good, but at their best, they can they can just run offense to counteract whatever your defensive strength is. Now I'm not sure they've got their best in them Saturday, but I know it's in them. I know they get it, and they do have the physical abilities. I think to do it. I know, I know Russell can do it. I know whoever they play, if it's the Saints, if it's Aaron Rodgers, if it's I know those guys can do it. I know Kirk Cousins happy to get rid of the ball quickly. Like we saw it in the Saints game, the, I mean, you agree they the ball like crazy. They can't make a legit playoff run if they don't get some of these core guys back for the run. Yes, uh, totally. Richard Le- Richard leading that charge. I agree that Richard's at the top of that, and and I put Tart second. I, I think your order's correct because look look at the uh, the teams you play in the playoffs. Jared Cook. Did the Saints even play today? No, they no, played, they, they played, played the Colts. I think I saw maybe that was on Twitter that he cleared concussion protocol or whatever. But bottom line, he's playing. Uh, the The Minnesota Vikings have this guy named Kyle Rudolph that's pretty good. Jimmy Graham, say what you want about him, is like Marcel Harris can't cover him. And Seattle just always has random, you know, Jacob Hollister or whatever. So, yeah, it's just really, really important to get your safety play back. For maybe look, Hell, I, I watched a decent amount, just equal highlights on Red Zone today. Like, their two best offensive players guy are Zach Ertz and Goddard. If I told you that Kwaski Tart was missing that game and you're playing an 8-8 eight and eight Eagles team, that's not 
you're not just sleeping well all week. If you, no, if especially I, if you told me Sherman's also out. Well, luckily, they got, the receiver group was they were making they were depending on Greg Ward Jr., who I didn't even realize who he was. He was the Houston quarterback. Well, he's not the one that caught the touchdown from yes on that moved, bullet pass from yes wow. they they moved him to wide receiver, but I think Ertz. Every time I looked up, Ertz was making. I know he had another touchdown today. He might have had two. And Goddard is just. You just. I text my buddies there. Like I'm telling you, this guy can never just stay on the field. He's a freak. So that Ertz had five for sixty and a touchdown. Goddard had five for fifty-five. I mean, they got two six-four, six-five bodies. I would actually argue if if Tart is still out, that that might be a tougher matchup than the Cowboys. Just given that. I just don't think the Cowboys are that tough. Like, the Eagles still just wince, the two fucking tight ends, the culture, the, the stadium. Because unlike Dallas, who will want Jason Garrett gone so they can just hire Urban, like Philly, all these guys are coming back. They right? got to beat out Washington. Would you rather play the Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys? Now uh, that you see Dallas today, you're like, well, they kicked yeah, shit out of them. I think, I think Dallas is better, but... I think I'd, I don't want to play in Philadelphia if I'm the Niners. That's what I'm saying. Do you think Dallas is for sure going into Philly and winning that game? No. Everyone's been I, talking like Dallas is. Is that game this week? I, I've seen Wentz look pretty weird, though, this year. I think we he, all have. He did play pretty well today. In no, the I know. Half. I'm just saying. Like, he, was, he, was 30 of, he was 30 of 43 today from 270 and three touchdowns. Well, I know. I, I know. That's why we've liked him forever because his high end is high. I'm just saying we've seen him look. Not good a lot. Yeah, now I hear you. But I'm just saying, like, we're factoring in, and you could argue this Dak or Wentz. If the Niners are missing a bunch of people, either one of those quarterbacks, if Richard and Tart are out, that game gets very complicated quickly, right? With both those two teams. Because you, you you have to, like, even a diehard Niner fan is going to admit they got talent on offense, both those two squads. I mean, the fucking the Eagles have a $100 million quarterback. A little overpaid probably, but it's not not because of his talent. And then they just got two sweet tight ends. And Miles Sanders had a sweet run today. And then you say the Cowboys, not a big Dak guy. I don't want to pay him $40 million, but he is a $28 million quarterback, right? And Zeke's good, and Amari, when he's not limping around, is good. Which I would imagine he wasn't limping around today because probably did a little uh, stat padding. Uh, don't you, doesn't it feel like, and this probably, if it's not fair to somebody, it's probably more not fair to... No stat padding for Amari, one catch from oh. 19 yards. Okay. Maybe it's more not fair. To, doesn't it feel like Dak and Wentz have had similar seasons this year? Where at the end of the day, their numbers will look pretty good, but there have been times where you watch them, you go, oh, not worth it. And there are other times you're like, that's why you pay them. <laughs> I feel like they've had the same year. They look, they're physically kind of the same. Their teams are the same. Just flawed. And at the wrong, you just get one of them. You either one of those guys. My point is either one of those guys could elevate their team against you in a wild card game or shit the bed. D- Dax had more, and this is probably a product of just playing with a lame duck coach of like, God damn it, Jason! What the fuck are you doing, Jason? Carson's got more of, and this I think speaks. Doug's got a little more equity, right? Like you call Philly special, and everyone jacks that play. And now, as you say, that's just the Northeast play. Like every team, whether you're Navy. Whether you're the Eagles, whether you're Temple, whoever you are, you're uh, running that play. Well, <laughs> Temple, I'm sure some high school PA state title got one on that well, game. Well, didn't, te- didn't Temple beat UCF with yeah, that Temple, play this year? 
Temple won a game with that play. <laughs> yeah. So if you are in the Northeast Corridor, you're running that bad boy. Or if you're if you're playing at the link, that's going in the playbook. But he just – Doug has Franklin a lot. definitely has that play in the book. I don't feel like Doug takes as much shit as a lot of coaches that are having a rough year because I think a lot of – and rightfully so, like fans is like, we've seen him at the highest level. We know he can call plays. When you see a – like Carson – because to me the difference I'd say a Dak and Carson is Dak will like – because <clears throat> his arm's closer to Matt Ryan, so sometimes balls skip, and you're like, what the fuck is he even... You can't get that ball there. Where Carson's throwing these Araldis Chapman screen passes that are taking off people's heads, and you're like, Carson, you can't throw the ball physically any harder. The guy's seven feet away from you. Just lo- throw it underhand to him, for the love of God. Their, their frustrations are different, but I'm with you. They've had a similar roller coaster of a season. Carson consistently throws howitzer balls. <laughs> They're just like, oh. But when they are caught, like when Greg Ward makes the play in the back of the end zone, they look way sweeter than anything like the Alex Smith, Matt Ryan, Dak are really running, mm-hmm. right? Because like you said, that play that he made on the run, that then he throws a dart, that's where Howie goes. You motherfuckers think I overpaid for that? Because I'll promise you, every penny that coming in, Jared Goff can't do that in a video game. And that's where you just... The argument that I always hear with my NFL buddies is like the the way the money got for you know Goff and Dak potentially and obviously Wentz. Well, at least you know Wentz out of the three of them like has this physical capability that can just go LeBron on a football field. Well, those guys don't. So if you are going to overpay them all, at least lean with the guy with the highest ceiling. Right. Now you can probably nitpick that argument too, but. That's just the way sport people think, right? Would you rather overpay? Would you rather max out an Anthony Davis or a guy with you know like a higher floor that's like a more consistent player? You know, it's just well, not we a see great it all the time. Analogy, but no, basketball is different. The, but uh, but we see it all the time. The high ceiling guy gets maxed first, and that's why there are that's why there's big con- the contract busts too. Well, it's like. I heard, I think, Ferducci or one of the guys. Maybe like, the, it's more about like the like the draft is where it's equivalent. If your draft position is money, for sure. I, who'd I? Oh, Jeff Passan. I think he, he was on with Rosillo, and he's like, you know, does anyone like paying these? Even the Yankees like cutting this check to a twenty nine year old. Of course not. But at least you at, you just put your head down at night and you go, this guy arguably of he said every free agent that's ever hit the market in the history of baseball like in true free agency once it kicked in in the 80s. The best player over that run, like a free agent, would probably be like Greg Maddox when he went to the went to the Braves. But he's like, any baseball scout would say, he was more just a savant, less about like his, he had the best stuff ever. CC was probably closer, like his stuff when he became a free agent, when he was in the peak of his powers, was better than Maddox. When you just factor in velocity, just all that type shit. The Garrett Cole's like, this, you could argue the best stuff that's ever hit free agency in the prime of his life. You go, yeah, we overpaid for that. You know, like you overpaid for Carson Wentz, who's just... You don't need to be Bill Walsh to realize his physical gifts are just stupid. That's yeah. where that's where back to Jimmy, you know, I think you see today, like he had some balls that kind of like skipped on him. His No one would ever say his physical gifts are the cream of the crop, right? Right. His athleticism, I'd say, is pretty good. Like, his ability to move mm-hmm. is a lot better than, like... Like, would you rather have Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo for the next six years? 
Jimmy Garoppolo. 100%. Derek Carr or Jimmy? <laughs> Jimmy. You, you want to get into Derek? Yeah. Uh, that was a zoo. That I, I saw, and you know what I appreciated about the Raiders' loss on Sunday? Not the loss itself, but the reaction from Raider fans. is like Because I saw a few people say, like, the, the Coliseum deserved better. And I saw a number of Raider fans say what you and I would both be saying in that situation, which is, this was right on course with what this what's happened here historically. That's the thing that's happened here the most is that shit. Um, not being able to put away a lifeless everybody's about to get fired Jacksonville Jaguar team on a day when everybody's emotional because it's the Coliseum's last game. Sixteen to three in the second half, and the Jaguars looked worse than that. Like it felt like the Raiders were going to cruise to a win. As you and I were texting, you're like, God, the Jaguars just... Yeah, you were like, the, J- the Raiders aren't going to choke this away, are they? And I said, no, I, I don't think... Like, they could. I don't think the Jags are good enough to take advantage. The Raiders were definitely going to give them a chance. Yeah. Right? That was clear. We agreed there. I just didn't think the Jags would be good enough to take advantage of. I completely agreed. I just... They look bad. They were playing with random guys. But then they, like, uh, Yannick and Dockway. He's actually a pretty good player. <laughs> He's flying around the edge. It felt like he had like four or five sacks in the second half. He was everywhere. But it was just like, ah, Minshew, who's he throwing it to? Like, they're trying to run Fournette, and he's just kind of slow. You're like, this is just not going to work. And then they find a way to score a touchdown, and then all of a sudden they're down three points, and you're like 16 to 13, and then Derek tries to go out of bounds. And Does he get fucked? I mean, you sh- once you give yourself I d- up, you're I didn't have the energy actually to get up off the couch, unmute that TV, and hear what the explanation was. But as far as I've ever seen that thing called, he's down. You give yourself up, you're down, you're in bounds. Now, again, someone might have heard an explanation on TV. I didn't. I was just like, this is pretty stupid. But yeah, it's five seconds over. It was two o five. Clock stops. Then the Jags have another timeout. So they basically got a free timeout. Now, in the end, the Raiders got a couple shots. The Raiders got down the field. There were still like 30-some seconds, so maybe it wouldn't have changed things that dramatically, but it's a pretty, it was a pretty big deal. But that's also perfect. That's also perfect. The Raiders are always saying they get F'd by the officials. So Yeah, I, to me, that game symbolized, like you said, who the Raiders are. I saw a lot like people trying to justify it, like, we need out of this hellhole. We just need a fresh start. Fresh start, you have the same owner. You have the same people that are, what, what are you talking about? Like, this is Mark Davis. This, this is the Raiders. They just lose. <laughs> They've been back now for 25 fucking years. 25. The only team over that span that's made the playoffs less is the Cleveland Browns, which literally every human shits on. Like, you are the Cleveland Browns just of the West Coast. I, I don't see why anything changes. Anything. When you leave, your, your building blocks are who? How's the quarterback going to survive this? Your team stinks. I mean, I, this is, of the four losses, Tennessee's just way better than you. Same with the Chiefs. So, the, those aren't bad losses. That Those teams should kick the shit out of you. Like, I, I don't even take anything away from those. Beside that the Derek Cole thing is real, even though I think you, me, and a lot of people always thought that before. The Jets loss. Since the Jets kicked the shit out of you, I don't know if you've noticed, they're not very good, guy. They haven't exactly just like, you know, Darnold turned the corner, kicking everyone's ass. No, they stink. But this one, I would even say jump the shark on the Jets, was like, hey, yeah, Schefter reported everyone's about to get fired. Yeah, we've got a ton of injuries. We had to trade our best player, arguably in the history of the franchise. 
Yeah, he, you know, top three or four most talented guy in the history of the franchise. We had to trade him midseason because he yeah. refused to play anymore. And we still found a way to beat you. Yeah, and oh. by the way, I, and I would add, John, they haven't been playing bad for like three weeks. When it all, they have been mailing it in for months, <laughs> multiple months. The Jags have been mailing it in. Was it the Titan? Who who they play last week? Oh, the Chargers. And it was like everyone thought the Chargers are terrible. They're going to not win another game the rest of the year. All of a sudden, I look up at the ticker last week. Did that just say twenty-eight to nothing? Chargers against the Jags in the first half. Like, that, that's been their scores. Down 30 points in, like, the first half. And, they're and in fair, like, they were doing that today. They're like, yeah, we're just, we're ready to roll over. You just kick our ass. Get to, you get to, uh, you know, party in this place that's a shithole. The, my other favorite is whenever you call it a shithole and people on Twitter are like, stop saying that. Like, guys, your team is leaving because this place is a shithole. They should I blow think, it up. Yeah. It's a yeah. dump. But it's, but again, it's not debatable. Yeah, we have to Somebody live in reality. Got locked in the bathroom. It is in a, a baseball game. It it's the biggest dump anyone's ever been to in modern day time. Maybe twenty years ago, it wasn't bad. But in the last twenty years, all these new stadiums, this is by far the worst. I had one guy, Middlecoff, you're just a niner homer. You wouldn't want them to blow up Candlestick. Nobody, they they blew up Candlestick like three years ago. The fucking place was a shithole too. So the more we can get rid of this thing, like I would blow that thing up tonight. Someone's like, where do the A's play? I, I don't know. Fuck. Play somewhere else. That, that place sucks. They just need to get rid of it. But for all the fans that did have kind of ridden with you for the last 20 years, I don't know why. I, 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 I'm not that loyal of a person. I, I don't see how you can just keep going through with it. I mean, they do it to you year after year after year. I, I just I, I can't imagine like the positive, bub, the positive vibes at the end of the season like, where you feel any differently than typically would. That's my thing. Like, what really changed inside a new stadium? Still same shitty team. Well, yeah, it's not like there's suddenly, you know, I think when you move, you start talking about all the extra money you're going to have, which doesn't matter as much in the NFL, but it does um, matter. But they owe a lot of money, so I don't see when they can start operating, spending money like a team that, if you accept the premise that uh, their financial situation is why Khalil Mack's not on the team, and I think most people widely accept that premise, that uh, I'm not sure how that changes. Like I texted you today, I mean, John Gruden's only got eight more years to figure this out, John. I, I'm looking at him at the sidelines today thinking, is he going to do this for eight more years? Well, someone, tw- someone tweeted today the next official date of their comeback would be 2026. At Levi Stadium, which would be year eight of the Gruden contract. Wait, how do we know that already? Does the rotations are that decided that far out? Yeah, I think the rotations based on history. Yeah, I don't know how you know the de- the location of the game, but again, it's one of those things that I don't. I just go along with. Sounded cool. <laughs> I'm with you. Isn't it random where you play? If you even if you're playing the divisions, but maybe they know. So yeah, I'm just that was ugly. You lost to the Jags your last, on your last. We think that's why I'm not. Are we sure they're not coming back? Let's just. We, you can never when you're dealing with the I Raiders. Did, I did see Casey or Casey Pratt said somebody else said one. Casey Pratt was like probably the last game. Somebody else was like this is the fifth of four. This is the fifth. Was it Kawakami? This is the fifth farewell game or the fourth farewell game. I don't think there will be a fifth. Uh, it's just the whole thing's been so perfectly imperfect. And then for that, for all of that to happen. 
for them to get booed off the, were they who were they booing is not really were they booing the team were they just booing the situation remember it wasn't quite cleveland where they started ripping out the stadium chair benches but like after all that the outpouring of support we love you follow you to vegas the fans all came and then they got booed off the field well but why was that because they? they lost the game or was that why well, just i'm confused but you're right. Why, why do I don't need to know why? Just, I, 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 I feel pretty confident on this guy. You just nothing's going to change in Vegas if Mark Davis owns the team. If Mark Davis doesn't own the team, then maybe things will change. But if Mark Davis owns the team and Mark Bedane is his right hand man running it, they're fucked. I mean, we just we have enough evidence. They're just they're just fucked. Now, if things change, like it's pretty consistent in football, and I'd say pro sports in general. When your owner sucks, you suck. You know, even, and I'm not saying Mark's not, has nothing to do with players. He's not picking anybody, but it's just, it clearly matters. Like we have more than enough evidence now. He's not equipped to own an NFL team. And since he's owned it, his record's embarrassing. They've consistently been really shitty and they had one outlier year. Like everyone says about Cam. You know what turned out his MVP season was? An outlier season. (laughs) Because every other year looks about the same. And then he had the one year where he looked like Joe Montana. Turns out that was an outlier season. Turns out the one Del Rio season, outlier. Because every other year, five to six wins. That's just, that's who you are. Are, are they going to go on the road? You know, it, I know it was Kansas City, but if Denver looks like it looked like in Kansas City Day and win a game in the cold, with Derek in the cold, now can they win this week against the Chargers? Maybe. Well, I mean, we had this last carrot of like, well, you got this farewell game. What carrot is even left? Yeah. Vacation. That's the last carrot. Ending the pain. If you had to guess, like, is Mark Davis still on this team in five years? Or would you say the only way he doesn't own it is just deceased? He's going to own this thing till he dies. Well, I don't, you know, I won't underestimate the NFL's ability to hatch a plan to steal somebody's team from them. But. How often does that happen, though? Well, it doesn't. But. Uh, shy of like extreme malfeasance, right? Like the Clippers, but but even think of what that took. You know? That's what I'm saying. Extreme. Um, but I'm just saying, like, if they get to Vegas and it's not going well, and they're not making money, they're not winning, and so they're not making money. And other owners are like, "This was supposed to. We gave you this. No one has ever gone to Vegas. We gave this to you, and this is what you're doing with it." Could there be a scenario where? I don't know what gets bad enough for him where he's like, this sucks. I hate be- I don't know. That's what it would take. But the short answer is, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't see any reason why he would just give it up. Why would you? Yeah, he would It's wouldn't. crazy. No, he wouldn't. He would have to be forced, which they just don't do. But they clearly want him out. You know, they don't want to have these teams. Like, they want – and I'm, people – I'm not – they'd want Dean Spanos out. They want any low-level owner out. Because it just – because at the end of the day, it costs everyone money. Now, do they mind, like, does Jerry Jones and some of these owners mind having a team to kick their ass? Of course not. But that, like, that'll always exist. Yeah, that, but that exactly. And that's really, uh, most owners would say, that's, that's kind of, in, in theory, it should be a little fickle. But like, the Browns and the, and, the, and the Raiders and some of these teams just stay shitty. Yeah, you, I, I think they would want all Bob Kraft-level owners because that just maximizes revenue. And when you get uh, guys like this around, they don't maximize revenue. Before I move on, John, let's tell the people this podcast is also brought to you by Ease. Woo! 
and Ease Wellness. Ease the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Anyone 21 or over can get verified online in minutes. Browse a vast selection of the best brands. Watch the clock count down to a friendly driver arriving in minutes, not hours or days. And, of course, there's also easewellness.com, promo code HAM as well. That's your nationwide CBD shipments. Love our friends at ease.com, promo code HAM. Ease.com, check it out. Best delivery in the state of California, also in some other states too. Ease, go to ease.com, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles. Lo- love a good edible. Ease.com, guy, promo code HAM. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Uh, there, like you said, really quickly. Also, our friends at easewellness.com. Best CBD in the business. Easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Get yourself a little discount on us, promo code HAM. That's right. Uh, it's 20 bucks off your first delivery when you use that promo code HAM. If you've used it, share it. Do you think Raider fans felt like they got their money's worth on Sunday, John? Uh, no. Okay. SeatGeek, if hopefully they use the SeatGeek promo code. SeatGeek. Promo code is ham for ten bucks off your first purchase. Download the app. We both have the app. Uh, it's the best way to buy tickets to events, not just sports, live music, comedy. SeatGeek has the tickets all in one place. SeatGeek stands out from the crowd. Big green dots is good. Little red dots is bad. SeatGeek's the way to go. Yep. Download the SeatGeek app. Promo code ham. What do we got this week? We got no more Raider games. We got Rams. You want to go see the Rams? How about Rams Saturday night at Levi Stadium, guy? Uh, you want to go? Four college basketball games at Chase Center on Saturday. Who's playing? Uh, Stanford, Cal, St. Mary's, Arizona. I'm talk about attorney. I might have to check it out. Chase Chase Center. Uh, you live in Sac. You want to watch them Kings? Kings are heating up. Golden One Center, you live in L.A., rumors are Haberman will be down there next week calling some games. What games are you calling, guy? Utah-San Diego State, USC-LSU at Staples Center. Yep, come see Haberman at Staples Center. Chick Hearn, a.k.a. Guy Haberman, working the sidelines. I mean, he's on the sideline working the game. Promo code HAM, guy. Download the Seeky Gap. Promo code HAM. Come see Haberman. Every purchase fully guaranteed, so you can shop with confidence. Holiday season coming up. People want experiences, not things. Get them an awesome experience, whether it's a game, a concert, an event, comedy show, all that stuff. You're going to feel good about the gift. Over over 50,000 five-star reviews in the app stores. Uh, SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. Interactive seat map. It makes you feel like you got your ears to the streets. Promo code HAM, 10 bucks off your first purchase. Go do it. Love it. Uh, Diamondback season tickets, John, I'm sure, skyrocketing on Sunday after Madison Bumgarner joined Stephen Vogt uh, as a member of the Diamondbacks. It took me a few hours to realize, oh, yeah, Bumgarner's joining Vogt. Let's check in with Vogt here, see what he thinks about this. And he, t- just replied, he just replied with, ha, 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 but uh, nonetheless, Bumgarner and Arizona Diamondback. My first reaction when I saw that news pop up on Sunday was, oh, okay. And then we found out the money, which was less than $100 million over five years. It was like, wow. That was more telling than the destination. But both were pretty telling. Well, guy, it was, it was $85 million, and 15 of it is deferred. Now, right. that tradable contract, I, I'd have to ask the guy in baseball – does that fifteen million? Are you just trading the seventy million? 
is a deferred stuck with Arizona or is that deferred part of the contract too? I would imagine it's all part of the whole piece. But that, even if it's 85, but definitely it's 70 million. Is that the most tradable? Like I would assign that too, just to have a tradable contract. If he's yeah, just I'd solid, be, how could you not I'd trade I'd be surprised that? if Madison Bumgarner is on the Diamondbacks in five years. Five years? I mean, are we sure he doesn't get well, traded like this year? Yeah, I'd say he's probably, he might have a couple years in him. Because again, other people could have just signed him this year to that contract and chose not to. Yeah, but you know how it works. Like if he's just better. And it's like, fuck, we can get a guy that's only going to yeah. cost us 15 I think it's million. A real, I think it's a good bet by them. Now, if you're paying him just to be your guy, I'm fine with the Giants not paying him that. Are, they any, are, the, are the Diamondbacks any good? No. So, to me, it almost felt like they signed this. But they got a vote now, so maybe they are. Well, did they just sign this because it was too good of a deal to pass up, just given if he's good enough, the value that it gets to be able to trade it? Could that's, be. The way, that's the way I looked at it. I, the, I think they also, I think they as an organization are, they have always felt to me like an organization just looking for guys to put on posters. Yeah. And just trying, so but I, they don't I want, do they, they don't want to suck either, right? No, they don't want, but, you know, I think they, are I give trying, them, they, I give them effort for their like, owners do, I think they're trying to sell tickets. What, isn't that part of the job? I think sometimes like you got to bottom out. Like, do you got to well, bottom out? Like, good luck to have the Giants bottom out. I know Barry Sports Guy wrote about this. We've talked about it. I, it clicked my mind today. Who the fuck is watching Giants games and reading about Giants games like this? And again, this might be media nerdy, but this has huge implications on the Giant, like KNBR, on Comcast, or NBC, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Like, I, I still haven't understood why fans care about that. But obviously, some people do. Well, but but I'm but but that because it impacts. Like, why are you going to flip on a Giants game if they're thirty games under five hundred and they got no well, players you care about? Seeing? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is I've never understood why fans care about media business, but uh, to that degree. But you're, but they obviously do. Yeah, they I mean, don't care as much like me and you care, but I just think they pay attention because we talk about it. For sure, no, I think people definitely talk about it. Um, I've my eyes have been open to that the last few years because people ask me questions about it. I'm like. But Not again, just, I think a lot Pop's of people contract just, situation. But a lot of a lot of people work in business, so I think when you explain to them business terms, like, well, listen, NBC Bay Area sold every Giants game on the average of a four rating. Last year they averaged about a two. Well, if this year they averaged like a one five, if you're one of those companies that paid a hundred grand for the year, you're paying it on a fucking something they're not bringing to the table. That's why in that Bay Area Sports Guy article talked about the Warriors who were having to give get rights on their ad reads. We, we've done, I mean, we've done it in the sense of, I've forgotten an ad and given it back. It's just basic business. Like all yeah, we any learned, I learned a term the other day, NCMG, no all, cost, make good. I, I say this all the time. Like all media is, is a distribution for advertisements. It would not exist maybe historically back, way back in the day with like newspapers in like the 1800s. But there's but a it, difference between journalism and media. But what is, but like, I'd even say, like, even newspapers in our life, they started becoming such a cash cow in like the 70s and the 80s and 90s. They would not have existed without advertisements. Like, that's why they turned out papers, right? And that's why magazines exist. They were were a vehicle to make money that the banks and these individuals owned. But everything is that. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like the true journal that ended so long ago because all these conglomerates started right, owning but, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, but there is a still there is a difference between the two things. Your original point absolutely is correct, though. Yeah, and definitely the sports like ESPN and NBC they are very very, uh, you know their business is predicated on you watching the events that they pay a lot of money for, 
And there's a reason you partner with this because when times are good, having the Giants as like KNBR as a radio entity is very fruitful. Like they give you a game every night when you're good, like the Yankees have been, the Cubs, the Red Sox, like the Giants in the, some of their big years, they print cash. Well, it feels like they're about to go the opposite. And this is where I think like Farhan, big picture, kind of doing a Sam Hinkey. you know, is it healthy and it's smart? Yeah, yeah. But like, is it feasible in this market where the ownership loves their cash, where they've been used to printing cash, and now they have their own partners on their ass, they're going to start losing money because, you know, the park's going to be less full than it it probably ever has been in this modern day time. And there's just going to be a lot of negativity surrounding them when you also factor in a manager that a lot of people just seem to naturally kind of don't like. Kind of a unique set of circumstances. Like, you'd have to agree with that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I don't want you to think I'm disagreeing with with that. I, I, But I also don't think, like, when it comes to Sam Hinkie, I'm not sure at the end of the day how much Madison Bumgarner is changing any of that for the 2020 San Francisco Giants. Because I do think, Guy, that you can, when you have unlimited amounts of money in baseball, you don't need to go Sam Hinkie. Now, baseball's different. Right. Basketball. When I say Sam, what I mean is, like, how how much better are they and how much more interesting are they if Madison Bumgarner's on their team this year? Maybe a little, but is it changing anything in any significant way? I don't know that it would have in terms of money-making. Yeah, just think Bumgarner's pitching today. You go to the game. You're more likely to watch. Yeah, maybe you're right. You, you might you be know, right. I don't you, know. Didn't I just you don't... tweet this? Remember when he came back from injury or whatever and it felt big like a year ago? Yeah. He does. Remember, we talked about it. There's a value, an uh, unquantifiable value that he clearly brings. For sure. I just wonder for them that, like, it's one thing when they're making a late little push and they didn't trade him. The deadline was near. They didn't do it. Then they got Bochi trying to make a run. Like, that felt like something. When they're one of the worst teams in baseball, does it matter every fifth day when Madison pitches? Because he can't keep you from being one of the worst teams in baseball. Right? No. Like that's that's why I say hinky. Like baseball is different than the NBA in that way. But I I think in baseball, unlike in basketball and football, you can make business moves and win at the same time, or and just spend money. It doesn't kill you when you have unlimited cash. And the Giants have unlimited cash. Relative, like they're the Yankees, they're the Dodgers, they're the Red Sox. Like that's their class. They don't like, you know. <laughs> They've somehow finished second for all these free agents, but they have an an unlimited war chest. Maybe not Yankee money, but if they wanted to sign a four hundred million dollar player, they easily could, right? Not even flinch, not even blank. Like a lot of people I mean, in baseball can't. Yeah, I mean, I, right. So it just my thing is like you could have you could have spent money and kind of rebuild at the same time, and that's just not Farhan's deal. He's going to bottom out, and I think bottoming out is going to be really really ugly. That's why. Well, yeah, well, it, well I don't think you think it. You know it. Yeah, but I, they, they bottoming out is always really ugly. But it's going to be really ugly, ugly for this franchise that has stood like we don't do that. And and I guess my for take sure. is, I think when you're the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Phillies, the Dodgers, it shouldn't be acceptable because you don't need to ever bottom out. You can the do problem both with at the, the same with time. The, pro- the problem is the Yankees and the Dodgers have all both those teams have resurfaced when the Cubs reignited themselves. They've done it with all like homegrown players that's what's crazy about it like the Dodgers have spent responsibly the Yankees have by and large but remember that first year they took back all those guys from the Red Sox and they took they ate a bunch of money with like Carl Crawford and uh what was the left-handed first baseman's name 
the sweet swing. You know what I'm talking uh, about? Sign. You're saying the, the Yankees did that? No, the Dodgers did it. They took oh, back all those oh, dudes from Oh, the yeah, Sox. Gonzalez. Yeah, Adrian Gonzalez. Who they remember? everyone hated. They couldn't wait to get him out of there. And then the Dodgers loved him. But no, they, no, remember? the Dodgers hated him, too. He let, they, they, like, they told him not to show up. Remember, he got hurt, and they told him don't come back. Toward the, the very end, but they liked him for a minute, right? Remember Carl yeah, Crawford It makes terrible. me think maybe they didn't like him. Maybe yeah, they didn't, but I, it just, it's just going to be really ugly. That's my overall take. And, and I think the owners as it relates to as it relates to Bumgarner, I don't think he was changing that. Is my point. I think it hurt. I understand where fans go. We couldn't have fucking give him eighty million dollars. Now he might not have taken your eighty million because, in, in fairness to him, he's thinking you you can't match this offer. What I've done, the money I've made you, the championships I've won you, the deal I gave you. Like I don't, I you owe me more. I don't sure. know that. I just know. I, yeah, I would, I would imagine that's what he was thinking because that's what I just you know. When you're bad, you start looking. You're going. We got twenty more. We got three more years of twenty million dollars for player for this guy. We got tw- four more years of eighteen million dollars for this guy. He could have. He could have become that really quickly if you had done what you're talking about, right? Gone a little higher. Had paid him five for a hundred. I think that's historically what they've done. And as is usually the case, when you make a change, you start doing the opposite of what the last guy did. Historically, what they've done is paid for what you're talking about. I, and for as much shit as I'll talk about, like the belts and the Crawfords, they have just kept the kind of money train going, right? They've just kept them kind of relevant and just kept them kind of churning. Yeah, I mean, it got really ugly they last went, year. They tried to milk too much out of them. They tried to make those guys more than they are, and in the end, it, it's putting them in this position. Especially, I, I, I just think Crawford. fans have a really hard time hearing the poor crying poor or just penny pinching. I think with the rich. And that's what the, the Giants are, the rich. They're the Yankees. They're yeah, the but Red I don't Sox. think this is about penny pinching. This is about... Uh, no, I, I don't I think that's anyone's No, I get it, it but that that's way. just how the common guy is going to look at it. Like, we could have had him back for that. I think that's most people. I like watching Bumgarner. We could have signed him for relatively cheap. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's hard for me, it's hard to argue with something that's like financially seems like a wise decision, even though emotionally I'd love to see him every fifth day. Yeah, see, to me, like... I, if we everyone likes to play amateur GM... I yeah, mean, see, to me, the money means nothing. The money, you act like the money doesn't mean anything. It shouldn't, but it does to the Giants. That's where I think the bigger picture no, is here. But, but no, but I'm not saying the money means something. I'm saying, like, if you're going to be different, like the way we've operated since we've won these World Series has put us in a bad position then let's be let's not make let's not have the first thing we do be the same thing we always did but i don't but is is just given a solid pitcher 16 million dollars that's a going rate that's how much guys cost yeah i'm just saying you probably wouldn't assign him if he wasn't your guy i don't love the fifth year either i'm not I, again <laughs> I, I i i understand i just i get the fan if going, you could undo you it me? you'd not like, have to me, I, to me there's no argument on. if he had just got 130 million dollars right yeah that's much but when it's basically seventy million dollars, when you factor in the deferment, which again, deferment when you're talking million for a it's, friend, it's all this, no, it's money. It's this, it's eighty five million. But the money means, but when you talk eighty five million, I'm just let's just use sixteen a year, sixteen and a half a year, whatever it is. It's actually seventy five, seventy divided by five. So what what's that? Fifty divided by or seventy divided by five? Shit, seventy divided by five is fourteen. Like that is true until the deferment start. You're paying a fourteen a year. You're right. The deferments then depend on how it's set but that's up. Re- but it's real money. It's all just what's the total money? Either I don't think you have to do that to make your argument. It's still not a lot of money. I've look. You're talking to the person who's 
I've driven the train of Major League Baseball. Money doesn't matter if, as long as it doesn't keep you from doing something. I've the first guy I ever said it about was Aaron Rowan. Like Aaron Rowan, I didn't want you don't want to pay him, but if it doesn't keep you from or no the Barry Zito deal, if it doesn't keep you from adding other money, then it doesn't matter that you overpaid Barry Zito, and it didn't keep them from doing other things, so it's irrelevant. My ultimate point though was just if you're going to say hey the way just the way we've done things, rewarding players, giving them too much money because they're our, our guys. I get it. That's all. I'm not saying you couldn't have done both, but I get it. I also think it kind of shows the fact what he got paid and by who he got paid it uh, supports the idea that they weren't offered very much for him at the trade deadline. I think it also supports like Major League Baseball views Zach Wheeler as a better player than Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Well, it goes back to your point earlier about is it about what you've done or what we think maybe you could be. We could look back in two years and Bumgarner's made 64 starts and Wheeler's made 12. Because there's that factor in baseball, right? Like, you just keep taking the ball or you always hurt, right? If he's just a better version, because I think the numbers guys would tell you, you know, everyone shits on the shark, but we kind of like him, right? Just because he eats up innings, he just plays. Bumgarner's a better, much better version of that. That's where I'm saying the money, it's not very much. If, if you told me he had just got 25 a year, I'd be like, that's kind of nuts. But at the rate, it was just so cheap. Because then he's still a tradable asset. So you could keep him and then potentially trade him. Now, if he gets, yeah, if he sucks, I, but, it sucks. But keep in mind, like they just went through a trade deadline with him, and this, and what I'm saying is, I do think they would have traded him if they got an offer that would have made a real difference. Well, then you could also deal. argue that these fucking number GMs are hurting players' value all over baseball. No one wants to pay anybody besides the Super. Well, League. I don't think there's any question about that. Just, but I don't think I think it's because they all kind of working off the same information now. There's not. There's no outliers. Like I just love the way he competes. Did you read there's the? Doing did you that. read the Athletic <laughs> article on Rendon? So, uh, well, about, how he said the Dodgers, like the Dodgers culture is soft or whatever. No, about Moreno when he met with Boris. So they well, met classic. The, they met the night before even the winter meetings about Garrett Cole. At the end of the meeting, he goes, Scott, sit down. Everyone else leave. Basically like, listen, this guy's cool and all. I want Rendon. So before you do anything on Rendon, you call me. That's the guy I want. <laughs> well, they've done, and they like. I've always heard that when it came to Pujols, it was basically already on the phone, going, "What's it going to take to get this deal done? Just give me, a, give me a number of what it's going to take to get this deal done." Like, listen, that's basically the story that I've heard. It sucks to lose. Give me as a much number. As, like, it sucks. No, no, to we're lose. gonna we'll come back, John. It was like we'll come back to you in a few days. It was like, no, give me a number, guy. It sucks to lose as much as the Angels, but when I read that story about Rendon, or you say that about Pujols, and again, the Pujols thing. He was old at the time. That was kind of crazy. This Rendon feels less crazy. I I, I like Artie Moreno. I, like I, I wish the Giants had a little more Artie Moreno in them, honestly, because the Giants have done it on a lower level with like the Belts and the Crawfords. I, I wish they would whip out their fucking their bag of cash every once in a while and be like, yeah, "What I mean, does look, it cost?" Mike Trout's played in three playoff games, so I understand feeling that way. But, but I, there there I could be a balance owner... of the two. Like you could do both. Sure, and that's what I'm sure. saying. They, you can do but both, they, but they haven't been balanced. No, they haven't. But I like having the guy in the room that says... I think the Giants have been kind of historically balanced in that way. We're like, they they spent money on their own guys. They would go get guys. I don't like hand cramp guys. Hand get, cramp guys? They get the hand cramp when they're writing checks. You know, what did Jerry say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's... I, I just... I, I don't need crazy George Steinbrenner, but I like having a little Steinbrenner next to Cashman. Of course, that's all. That's all I'm asking for. That's why the Yankees have. That's why the Yankees are rolling right well, now. That's why the Yankees are badass. Why the Dodgers are and, and, and the Giants, you know. But 
It just they're gonna suck. It just sucks. Yeah. I, to me, the problem is not that they're gonna suck this year. The problem is, is this gonna be worth it in the end? Because in the end, if you win, then then you win, then you win, and that is the only thing. Like the Astros and the Cubs. Like the Astros and the Cubs. Yeah, but if it turns out you just get to like. You become like the twins, like have a solid year, but can ne- it's like that ain't working. But the twins are really like the twins. That worked. Yeah, if, like, the, really if the good. Giants are as good as the Twins in a couple years, it will be worth it. <laughs> because here, being <laughs> yeah. pretty good is better than being pretty good most places. Yes, we can support a winner, and boy, we can ignore a loser. That's the West Coast. I, I would say, is anyone better at ignoring a loser out here? I'd say that's our greatest strength. No, no, that's the thing about the Yankees is like. When they're bad, it's painful for them because everyone's shitting on them, but everyone's paying attention. To them. Yeah, I'd say the same with Philly, same with Boston. We like would. the at like the radio stations are still. You might not be selling as many tickets, but the radio stations are still selling ads in New York because everyone's bad. listening. You you set it up perfectly. We can fucking support a winner, but we are we're a we can support a winner with the best of them. We are the Scott Boris of ignoring fucking losers. <laughs> we we are front runners to the end. That doesn't mean disloyal. Don't make that. I'm not saying we're all bandwagon. You know what's funny? Is so, someone tweeted at me the other day. It's like, because I tweeted something about, oh, when Lane walked out for his press conference, they clearly did it in the basketball gym, and it looked like there were 20,000 people there. And I just hashtagged it. It just means more. And someone tweeted at me like, they got nothing to do in the South. And I always say, like, we got so much more to do out here. What do really we do out here? Like, what, what what do humans do? I do talk to people all the time. It's like, oh, I went to Tahoe. I went high. I went to yeah. Big Sur. I mean, so I we go to... places to them do yeah. what? Like, just kind of sit in your. But those things happen on the weekends. Yeah, but we just go places. When you could to otherwise do the same be at a football We do stadium. here. We just go to Tahoe to go eat and drink. Like we don't like. I think we. But it's act just, it's like all entertain, do... John. It's all entertainment dollars. Yeah, so I guess that's fair. You're right. We're we're more inclined to go skiing. We're more inclined to go to Tahoe. We're more inclined to fly to Vegas. Yeah. I just think to spread our pot over multiple things. Okay, that's fair. As opposed to all in on... I was going to say, then we just go there and do the same shit. Well, you're right about that. <laughs> Watch a football game if it's good. Yeah. But we might like... Yeah, I was in Tahoe. I, I, I was watching the game at a bar. Like, you ended up seeing it. You know? Yeah. How many people are you like, you know, I, I, I but didn't get cost the whole game, you anything. but I, I listened to it on the drive home from Tahoe. Are you still right. you were, you you were not part of the economic cycle that got somebody paid for that football game. Yeah, you though. still follow it. You know, most people I feel like. Uh, all right, you want to rattle through some headlines? Here? Yes, do a couple. Uh, Tiger, back and better than ever. That Legend. Was sweet. You, you, th- that was sweet. I mean, that was the fact that he was the captain changed the whole thing, right? I think it was the captain. It was just pretty good. And it was on prime time. I'll be interesting if, like, Sports Business Journal, I'm sure, will, like, tweet out the ratings Monday or Tuesday. Little drama, Abraham Answer, who you and I were sitting at Pebble Beach when we went to the U.S. Open and saw him snap. Or just kind of scream. Because someone did scream in his backswing. Yeah. Had he said like- a comment. And I, I don't think he meant it, like, you know, hot takey. They asked him, like, you're going to the, once he found out he was going to the President's Cup, what are you looking forward to the most? He's like, I'd love to play Tiger in the singles, I think he said. And who did fucking he get, you know, Tiger, the way they did it for the singles, you make your lineup separately. But Ernie knew that Tiger, because he's the team captain, would probably, they were saying on the broadcast, would probably have to go out first because he'd want to get then to talk with everyone. So it was pretty clear when you put answer number he'd one. He'd want to be on the course for other critical matches. Yeah, so you wouldn't put Tiger, put himself yeah. fifth. 
You know, he'd want to be able to talk to literally every match. You would put yourself one. Well, Ernie kind of obliged him and put answer against him, and then Tiger kicked his ass. It was just, it was fantastic. And then, but just watching, Tiger was basically in tears last night, hugging people. And I saw Van Pelt and Brian Murphy at KMBR were kind of tweeting back and forth. And I thought Scott had a good tweet. He's like, I, I think what makes it so special is you just watch this human. Like, a lot of people can relate to now in a sense of he's bald. He's gone through a lot of shit in his life. He's just a different human. And I think Brandel said it. He's like, if you would have just came down and not known anything about golf and started watching it these last couple years and been told this guy is the best golfer ever and you just watched him for the last two years, you would go, this guy is one of the great sportsman stewards I've ever seen. Because he, every, every event, like it was like he'd go up to Steve Sands and talk to him. was calling him Sandsy. He was like easier to, and he was like, God, this guy's like as easy to deal with right now as Ernie else. And Ernie's like the coolest guy there. And just Tiger, how happy he is, how smiley he is. I think he just dramatically matured. His life changed a little bit. And he's balanced like his love to win slash. I also think some of these younger guys have just kind of invigorated him a little bit. He kind of likes them slash. He knows they're good. And they've just kind of woken the beast up. And they treat him like he's the king because he's the guy that they watched when they were kids. Um, well, even Answer I, tweeted it. He tweeted today. I started following him yesterday. Just a picture of like him and Ernie, and one of the pictures with him and Tiger. He's like, this was one of the coolest weekends of my life. I got to play go one-on-one against my idol. Yeah, when he said he wanted to play Tiger, I, I didn't, didn't think it was disrespectful for a second. It, I just wasn't. it was like, but, yeah. but then how sweet was it when Tiger's like, he wanted it, he got it. You know, because there's a Tiger, there's a Michael, Michael Jordan element to Tiger that I think is why he's so cool. Well, I think he took off his hat last night to shake his hand as the putt was still rolling. And then he told Sands after he said, yeah, six feet. The fucking match was over as it was rolling. Um, he, uh, you know, he didn't have a near death experience, but he did his, his life as he knew it ended. And when you come back from something like that, I imagine it like you hear people say to have a near death experience whether that's a long battle with a disease or a car crash, whatever. Thankfully, I haven't had one. I hope I don't. But you, I, I, I would just think for a guy who was so good against pressure, we wondered, like, he lost it. has he lost that killer instinct? Not only has he not lost the killer instinct, he clearly has it. In, he has realized, I think, that he doesn't have to be the angry guy to still have that other part of him that delivers in clutch situations. Like, the clip where, uh, was it Justin Thomas who put his club down after he made that putt that they didn't give him. Yeah. What was funny about that to me is like, you're acting like that should have been a gimme, but then when he actually had, but he had to hit the putt, he stood over for like, it was a pressurized putt, right? He stood over it. He's going back and forth on his feet. Going to me, back that's just normal feet. golf shit talking. Like if you're playing, no, no, no I'm not talking about to me, the shit talking is not the point. The point is a putt that he wanted to be a gimme still was a pressure putt for him to hit. Yeah. He wished it was a gimme. Because it was a pressure putt. Tiger, from a further putt, six feet, buried it. Didn't doubt it. Like, the, that part of Tiger is still there. And because his life, as he knew it, ended, I think he found a way to still preserve that part of him. But actually let the rest of him grow and enjoy himself. Like, he went over and just was hanging out with the fans. Like, right 
after he won, but before he got mic'd up, or maybe it was after he got all the earpiece put on. He's just smiling, doing selfies, looking right it, it, it at was, the it camera. Was, it was sweet. It was sweet. Looking right at the camera, like, hey, I'm just here for this TV <laughs> moment. You guys got this? You good? You got what you need? So the fact that he was the captain, though, is to me what made it so cool. Well, and then one thing they talked about it, and well, th- this is how the exchange started with Murph and SVP. And I thought Murph was, he's right. And same with Ernie. Because they were they asked Ernie right after, like, will you do this again? <laughs> like, will both you guys be the captain of this again? Like, why isn't Tiger just the grandfathered into the Ryder Cup and the fucking President's Cup from here on out, guy? Like, you, you want those to be a really big deal. Make him the captain. And just make someone who's a contemporary of him that he respects a lot, but also views as, like, Ernie's not as equal, but you Google, Ernie's won four majors. He's one of the great golfers of, of this generation. Like, he's probably closer to Phil Mickelson than people want to realize. You put a guy of that magnitude that Tiger, like, God, this was kind of a war. I think you can make it a, a real thing. And that's what it kind of became. President's Cup became a real thing. But 99% of it was Tiger. He yeah. was the captain and he was playing. It was like, well, like if Tom Brady was player coach. <laughs> and he kicked the shit out of everyone, guy. He didn't like lose. In- in the end, is he bigger than Michael just because Michael's playing career had to end so it was, early it was 13 based on years. the sport? Yeah. Tiger can carry a sport for longer, it turns out. And I don't uh, think, did Michael ever have the moment where he became so humanized in this kind of Tiger way where it just feels like, it was, the times were different, but well, I think I just, he would have if he was playing in this modern, because like, Kobe kind of attempted well, we to talk about like you Did, do you think kobe yeah, tried kobe tried. <laughs> kobe tried but you just you know you you mature as life goes on well old is 36 in the in professional sports like that's not old in life you know you talk to somebody who's 46 they'll tell you man i'm different than when i was 36 well pros don't ever get that chance unless they're kickers to be different when they're 46 or brady's trying but i also think do you think it came natural to Tiger to be an asshole? Or do you think he always kind of wanted to do it, but his dad taught him that way, and he just thought he was winning this way? He didn't I really know anything it, different? I, yeah, I don't think it, it's probably not something conscious. I think it's just kind of, this is what I have to be. He probably didn't think he could be that good if he wasn't that, right? It's like, this is how I, this is how I succeed. Yeah, probably. But it turns out maybe he didn't. He doesn't anymore have to be that guy. It's pretty crazy. No, he doesn't. Um, Cowboy's pretty – can we change the coin toss thing where it's like we know that you don't want to kick off both in the first half and the second half. So if you say kick, you then you just automatically get the ball well, in the second half. Well, did you see Matt, what McAfee tweeted? He said defer. And then Walt doubled down. You mean kick? He's like, no, defer, kick, yeah. Oh, see, I, I never heard the audio where I could hear. Yeah, he said defer, and then Walt doubles down. You mean kick? And he's like – you could tell Dak's trying to do the right thing, but just thinking they're on the same page. Like, yeah, sure. So Walt fucked up. Did you find audio where you actually heard it? You want me to play it? Well, where you can hear Dak. Like, I saw the yes. audio where you hear the explanation over him. The funny part is, who was the guy? There's I saw only one version of the video that I saw shows, like, Johnny Hecker or whoever is standing there for hey, the Rams. You ready for and it? He, oh, no, hold on. There's only one video I saw that shows Johnny Hecker. I don't know if the one you have in front of you has it. But if it does, he's like on the far right. He starts kind of laughing when he realizes what's happening. Like, we're about to get the football twice, and nobody up here knows that. But anyway, yeah, okay, play it. In his hands, Dallas has won the toss. Go defense. Go defense. We want to kick it. 
kicking it that way. You want to kick? We defer the second half. Yes. Okay, you're going to kick. In Walt's so, yeah, okay, he says yeah, in Walt's defense, saying I did say defer. That proves that he he's did right. Say defer now, whether yeah, so he clearly says defer yeah, now. In Walt's de- see to me that is like he's not in Walt's defense. He heard four people four times. Somebody said we want to kick, we want to kick, we want to kick. Yeah, to me, my answer is simple: sixty-seven-year-old should not be put in that position, especially in oh, one well. of his resume. We got to get rid of him. That's I am yeah. not. I, I feel very, very strongly on that. I don't. I don't. I have no idea if it's because Walt's sixty-seven. We'll get his. We'll get his doctor to get. Up, I like, just know he's been test. consistently the one of the worst referees right there with Jerome Boger. They, they just heads need to roll. Like there's, Schwartz had a good tweet today. You could argue if I was another NFL team, that's a very slippery slope. Because think how many things have happened in the history of the league where it was clear they fucked up and they they flipped it at halftime. Like they actually let the Cowboys get the What's, ball. Oh, yeah. The league overruled it, which is kind of an, it's the right thing to do, but I think the counter is like, that's an unheard of move. So I think it's unheard of because the situation's unheard of, though. I don't equate that the same way as I would equate like overturned. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I agree. It's not, it's just something that I could see where other teams be like, what the fuck? Are we making that move for Jerry? Jerry make a call? Is it happening because it's the Cowboys? Like, it's just the way. I know, but that's if we, if we, and to me, that's where you go. No, guys. We do it for you too. It's the right thing to do. This is not a penalty. This is. Have you been in this situation before? If you haven't, then leave leave me alone. Yeah. That's what I would say if I was the league. But you uh, know, that's not the way it works. You know, that's not the way people think. Yeah, but it's not the way it works because everybody gets to complain, and we have to give everybody too. But much why work are we always complaining. complaining about Walt and Boger? I mean, it's the same old guys that consistently fuck up. Well, let's not act like we don't complain about everybody all the time. True, so. but he. I'd say he's a pretty famous one that we've been complaining about. for He's a while. definitely famous. I don't know where he ranks among their internal. That's what always matters in this stuff. What's his internal ratings? Clearly a lot higher than the fan perspective. (laughs) All of them. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the the Patriots filmer, that guy? Oh, I'll just just put the gun back. No, I, I didn't even know it was in my pocket. How about I just put it back? I didn't steal anything. I'll just leave. Bro, you have seven Rolexes in your pocket. Like, I'm telling you, man. I, I just forgot to put these back on the counter. My fault. Do you know that Officer, they... Sir, how about I just drive away at the speed limit and we forget this ever happened? Yeah, I, I know Idiot. that I just blew a 2.0, but I'm telling you. If you just let my wife or mom come pick me up, we'll just pretend... That, I got $500 right here I'll hand you. We'll just pretend like this shit never happened. I'll tell you what. As I, I didn't you know he's been the suspended. first time I heard the video. It's crap. I didn't know that. He's suspended. I didn't, I didn't, uh, somebody's got to take the fall. I didn't get this mad when I watched the video, but just t- hearing you talk, I forget, like, one of the things in life that pisses me off at a very, very high rate is when you're having a conversation with somebody who's made a mistake and they change what the conversation's about. Like, no, let, let's talk the same language here and let's talk about what we're actually talking about here. And let's not make it about something I, this is not about when I say what were you doing. You don't get to say I'll just delete it. No. Well, it's a go-to like, move as a kid when you go. Well, but Julie or your my brother, he, but he didn't know. We're not talking about what happened three weeks ago. We're talking about you right now. There are seven broken windows in our home, and we we'll stay left, on topic. And we, we left right? you here for thirty minutes. And there's a bat right there, and there's a video game console thrown out the window. So something happened here, right? <laughs> But you didn't tell, you know, it's like, no, there's fucking film on the sideline 
and you're acting like you'll delete it. Listen, I, I, the film to me meant nothing. Which is insulting. You're insulting me by saying I'll just delete it and we'll be. Hey, guys, I don't know if you know how deletion work, but I'll just delete it and then it'll be deleted. Well, we'll he, be all good, he, right? He dropped a, I don't even have a computer. I'll just, I, I'll just fucking throw away the card. Because the guy's like, well, we, cause I, I think actually the guy was ba- pretty basic with his like questions, right? He's like, where yes. is the picture of the advanced scout? Where is the video of the advanced scout? And the guy just kept bringing up, like, hey, man, I'll just delete it. It was, listen, I, I think the Patriots, like, I believe their explanation. And I actually don't think the video shows anything that we haven't seen. But it's... Why it's are you ve- acting guilty then, right? It's very, very incriminating. There's no he's, way around it. it he's, the guy's acting guilty. Very guilty. And I, I think... And, I, I, and like you said, I don't even know what he's guilty of. I can only speak for men because I think females more than likely come come clean much quicker than us. We hold on to a lie. We're bad liars, and we give it away quickly, and that that is just a BP fastball of a man caught red-handed the way he talks, is it not? It just reminded me of like talking to, if you've ever talked to an insurance company before where they just, the person on the phone has to stick to their script. They're not talking the same language as you. He was not talking the same language as the person asking the questions. To, the to me, I, I watched that and went, I think they left, they had the owners' meetings last week, and there's clearly nothing really incriminating on the tape to, like, you couldn't take away a first-round pick for doing this. But I would imagine there were some owners or maybe presidents in that room be like, yeah, you can say the fucking tape's stupid, but listen to the way this fucking idiot's talking. Fuck this. What were that? Just because he didn't accomplish his goal. What was his goal? Yeah, like, that's... It makes sense when you hear him talk why people in the league would want that thing out to the public, right? Like, if you're fucking the Steelers or the Colts or whatever. You're like, well, definitely we'll let the Patriots. Yeah. They might go unscathed a little bit and fire this guy and bury him like Sully. And what was the other guy's name? The burger, the, 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 the hamburglar. Remember the guy had a nickname? Oh, Whitey Bulger. No, but the, the, the dude on the, uh, he was the filmer for Brady. Remember he had a nickname. Oh, remember? I said Whitey Bulger. Yeah. Uh, but he, no. he, he had a special nickname. I forget his nickname, but that ultimately I just remember he had like uh you know keep quiet I just forget he had a sweet nickname one of the guys that got Sully and one of the guys that got nailed for the for, for the, the deflate for the deflate gate remember one of the guy the deflator remember wasn't that his name the deflator was one of his names and he yeah. said because he lost a bunch of weight <laughs> that's how Brady talked to him in the text message I think called him the deflator just have the deflator do it. That's, this guy sounded a little shady. So I, I get why people in the league would want it out. And they accomplished their goal because even if you're a pro-patriot, you would have to say, well, this sounds pretty shady. I'm looking, trying to find the name of... It was the deflator was the guy's name. He got fired. Oh, oh, oh. You're, you're just saying that was the thing you're trying to think of, the deflator? Well, that was his nickname. Like, if I, if I told you this guy was like, you know, if his nickname was was like James Bond or something. You'd be like, Whoa. McNally. Was nicknamed the deflator? Oh, oh, oh. There was Jastrzemski and McNally. Yeah. And, right? And, Is that, that, those are the guys you're trying to think of? And one of them was called the deflator. Like, that was his nickname or the way they talked about him on tap. Jastrzemski generally refers to McNally as Bird. McNally refers to himself as the deflator. Yeah. If I would have told you this guy goes by... James Come on, Bond. help the deflator. Yeah, <laughs> James, James Bond, because he's like a CIA agent. You know, you'd be like, what the fuck? 
And that it's it makes it a little harder for Bill to play dumb, does it not? Well, yeah, that was the one thing in the you retweeted the Fox clip and it was like everyone's like, Now the one thing we know is Bill's not connected to this at all. <laughs> this had nothing with football operations. Well it's like so then we believe the guy. Is that what we're saying? We believe the guy on the tape? <laughs> yeah. Because he, is he just fucking filming that for shits and giggles? I don't think the marketing department is trying to break down signs. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think the marketing department cares when Geno Atkins is coming in and out of the game, fellas. Because it'd, it'd be one thing if he was filming, I guess, let's say, the, the, he was at a Patriot game and was filming the Patriot sideline, and it'd be like, who cares? But it's like, the Patriots aren't in this game. You're filming the team that you guys are going to play next week. They, they feel guilty, guy. They do feel I, guilty. I, I thought the security guard was the star, right? He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm no fool. <laughs> Your explanation does not add up. I loved it, too, when he's like, I can just delete. Like It's like when you're telling oh, the cop, we saying, can just pretend this never happened. And the cop's like, that is not the way this works. So stupid. And I've worked, you know, we've all, everyone's worked with somebody. It's just so stupid. It's like, what? Are we talking the same language? No, we you're are not. talking the same. It sounds like the same language to my ear, and yet the words do not indicate we're having the same conversation here. Anyway, anything else? Eli won. Yeah, Eli uh, won. Uh, Browns lost. Uh, but Freddie might keep his job, or he might not. Uh, Was that bad? I think that that's probably a tough L for Freddie. Uh, you know, Eli, he got a game ball after. You know, he's he's five hundred again. Do you just bench yep. him now? Do you let Daniel come nope. back? Nope, this is like when Ted Williams uh, was hitting 402 and could have rested the last day of the season and kept it up or whatever it was. Jameis is now 4 I think it was a doubleheader. Jameis is now 4-1 on games that he opens the first possession with an interception. That's a pretty that's good record. One of the, that's an insane stat. So that means he's thrown five opening drive interceptions. I, I think underrated coach of the year. No one's going to talk about him. He's not going to win the award. But just you got to tip your hat to this guy, and he can coach is Bruce Arians. Yeah. Guy, when the dust settled, they started. It felt like they were two and eight. I think they were legitimately three and seven. They are now seven and seven. Isn't that pretty nuts? They're seven and seven. What's the rest of their schedule? Could they finish nine and seven? Uh, I feel- got it here. They go Texans, Falcons, both at home. So yeah, they're the- eight and eight football team. Yeah, I mean, what the Texans are one of those teams. Win one, lose one. Why couldn't they win that game? Two. Three, four, five, six. So they were two and six at one point, and three and seven. If they went nine and seven, that would be an incredible accomplishment, would it not? It'd be wild, yeah. And wouldn't you say that would be a team that you'd be kind of keeping an eye on next year? Because they'd just be better. Yeah, I mean they bring. Yeah, jeez. I guess James is a free agent, but I bet he'll be back. Okay. All right. Dinner time. Adios. Peace. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.